Worried about letting someone else pick out the perfect avocado for your perfect impress them on the third date guacamole? Well, good thing Instacart shoppers are as picky as you are. They find ripe avocados like it's their guac on the line. They are milk expiration date detectives. They bag eggs like the 12 precious pieces of cargo they are. So let Instacart shoppers overthink your groceries so that you can overthink what you'll wear on that third date. Download the Instacart app to get free delivery on your first three orders while supplies last. Minimum $10 per order. Additional terms apply. Baseball is in full swing. NBA playoffs are heating up. And your NFL team is gearing up for training camp. Listen to the latest on the teams you love here on the Odyssey app. The biggest sports radio stations in the country providing unrivaled local coverage of their teams all in one place. Exclusive interviews with players, coaches, and team executives streaming live and always available on demand. Stay in the know with your favorite teams right here on the Odyssey app. 97.1 FM Talk. On Demand Audio. Andrew Bailey, the Missouri Attorney General, who's now been on the job for about one year, is with us this afternoon. Happy New Year. How are you this afternoon, Andrew? Hey, Mark. Thanks for having me on. Let me say congrats to Fred, man. It's huge. Well-deserved. It is huge, and we are so proud of him. Um, just speaking candidly, my greatest fear about Fred is that he's going to leave us and retire because exactly. he's getting to that age. So I don't want that to happen. Nope. And hopefully he didn't hear me say that, so we're planting any ideas. No. Nope. My guess is he's had that idea already, Andrew. <laughs> All right, so when was the first day of the gig last year? Was it around this time, or was it later in January? You know, I swore into office on uh, the morning of January 3rd, just uh, shortly after uh, Senator Eric Schmidt swore into office in Washington, D.C., and uh, we were right at work that first day. I don't know that everybody in the state of Missouri realizes that we had an ex- the state had an execution uh, scheduled that evening on January 3rd, so I went from a press conference to a meeting at the Chamber of Commerce back to the office to prepare to discharge our official duties uh, under the execution protocol. And, and we, we've been at work since then. I mean, this has been an enormous year fighting and winning for the people of the state of Missouri. You know, I can point to things like ousting Kim Gardner, uh, the Missouri v. Biden case, the most important First Amendment suit in this nation's history, putting a stop to the student loan cancellation plan at the United States Supreme Court that President Biden, uh, where he tried to saddle working Missouri families with Ivy League debt, stopping the waters of the United States rule. It was nothing short of a, a agricultural land grab by the federal government here in Missouri, uh, ending the EPA ozone restrictions that were attack on the oil and gas industry, suing DHS over the border chaos. I mean, the list goes on and on. Enormous wins uh, for the people of the state of Missouri, and it's, it's a fight we've been in since January 3rd of last year. Well, you've been on a great roll, and I've been, and I know a lot of other people have been particularly impressed. Let me focus on one area, and I addressed this issue earlier on the show because there is a, it's not really a new piece written by Jamie Reed, but she gave a speech back in October and the Free Press sort of highlighted that today. And of course, Jamie's the whistleblower from WashU and the St. Louis Children's Hospital uh, Transgender Clinic. But that was a big, big story from last year. Yeah, that's right. I'm proud of the work that my office has done fighting to protect children of the state of Missouri. I want Missouri to be the safest state in the nation for children. And uh, when Jamie Reed came forward in February, I'd been on the job for less than two months, and she submitted an affidavit to our office that uh, made some very credible uh, allegations that required us to launch an investigation. We uncovered a network of these clinics operating across the state and took appropriate action to try to put safeguards in place to protect children from this kind of sterilization procedures. I mean, these are dangerous, powerful drugs that have long-term negative health consequences, irreversible surgeries on kids under 17 years of age. And we've been not only fighting with the clinic 
uh, to put a stop to it, investigate and hold wrongdoers accountable, but working with the General Assembly to get Senate Bill 49 passed, to put safety measures in place, explaining to them the lessons we learned from our investigation, and then successfully defending Senate Bill 49 that stopped child sterilization in the state of Missouri. I think that it's important people realize we're the first state in the nation to have successfully defended that kind of legislative measure at the trial court level. So again, proud of the work we've done. Uh, I think that uh, at the end of the day, what Jamie Reed uh, said in her affidavit triggered so much of this. It was a catalyst event. And she's been vindicated in a lot of ways, not only through her uh, subsequent uh, testimony in court, but also through speeches like the one she gave in October yeah. and, and some of the work that the journalists have done to corroborate her allegations. Yeah, that, that speech that she gave in the transcript is what I referred to earlier on the show is really amazing. And one of the things that, that will not surprise you is that she talks about her experience with this New York Times reporter who did the story on her in August. And, you know, it took you a little while to punch down into the paragraphs. But once you started reading that piece, you realized that there were a lot of people that agreed with Jamie Reed and it wasn't a completely unfair piece. However, when she gave this speech, she basically talks about how the reporter was sort of leaning her in a different direction, saying, oh, you know, your progressive um, ideas have gone by the wayside and, and what happened to you. And she says in that speech, look, it wasn't my, my uh, brainwashing by the right. She says, I'm still a progressive who follows science. And the science, if you look at what's happened in the UK and elsewhere, and certainly here in St. Louis, pointed her in a very dangerous direction that these kids are being harmed. Yeah. No, let's think about that for a minute, too. I mean, here you've got a legacy media outlet, the New York Times, trying to convince this whistleblower that somehow she had changed. Like, who is that reporter to be injecting herself into the story in that manner and trying to influence the outcome of, of the story one way or the other? I mean, that's not that's not objective journalism. It's no. it's a it's an attempt to make a political persuasion. And good for Jamie Reed for sticking to her guns. Look, Jamie Reed and I don't agree on much, but we both believe that sterilizing children through harmful medication or irreversible surgery is child abuse. So, Andrew, you, you now are in election year. You, you've had this position for a year. You're running for re-election. You have um, at least one opponent in, in Will Sharp. So what's 2024 about? And what are the goals for this year? Well, we're going to keep fighting and winning for Missourians. Look, this is the show me state. Results matter. And, you know, as someone who took an oath to protect and defend the Constitution, was willing to put my line, life on the line to do it in the United States Army, I'm proud to now be leading that effort. You know, from the battlefields in the war on terror now to the courtrooms across this country. And so we're going to continue to fight to improve our criminal justice system. Look, we've had a 133 percent increase in requests for the attorney general's office to prosecute violent criminals. We prosecuted at least five murderers last year. We've uh, got 19 guilty verdicts through jury trials. 35 guilty pleas, closed out 365 habeas referral appeals, and filed 447 appellate briefs defending the state's conviction on appeal. So uh, we've gone circuit by circuit, meeting with prosecutors, sheriffs, police chiefs, reinforcing the criminal justice system, holding wrongdoers accountable, and most importantly, finding justice for victims. I mean, so many victims of crime serve a life sentence because they deal with the trauma uh, that the, the criminal defendant inflicted upon them. And so being there to support them and their efforts and continue to shore up the criminal justice system is a top priority. Does the office or do you have a relationship and a good relationship with Gabe Gore, the, uh, the circuit attorney who replaced Kim Gardner, who I guess now says he will run for election? Yeah, we stand ready to assist any uh, prosecutor's office in the state of Missouri. You know, proud of the work that Gabe's doing. I think he uh, has really turned that around. But look, Kim Gardner dug us into such a deep hole. That's not something you can turn around in eight months, 12 months, even necessarily 24 months. I think the, the current circuit attorney is doing everything he can and having the warrant office open so when police uh, catch bad guys and hook them up, they can go to the prosecutor and get a warrant to hold the wrongdoer until such time uh, as they can get him to trial, keeping the scheduled trial docket, moving those cases forward, 
filing new charges, increasing the number of, of cases uh, that are actually charged instead of just police reports sitting on a desk uncharged. I mean, that's all important work that the circuit attorney is doing, yeah. but we stand ready to assist all prosecutors across the state. We've got 115 elected prosecutors and uh, all 100 percent of felony appeals come to the attorney general's office. So we have an important role to play in coming from a prosecutor's office and having those relationships and that experience. Uh, that matters to me. So I got distracted at the uh, beginning of the interview because you were nice enough to throw some, um, you know, congratulations to Fred. But I was going to ask you of your opinion. I'm going to talk to Ilya Shapiro about this here in a couple of minutes of the efforts to keep Trump off the ballot in Colorado. I think a lot of us are hoping that the Supremes get involved here in a more um, or I guess I would say a less partisan way to say, hey, uh, justices in Colorado, what are you thinking here? I mean, there's nothing constitutional about that at all. Yeah, that's right. Look, uh, Section 3 of the 14th Amendment has nothing to do with, you know, trespassing at the state capitol during a demonstration. And if, if, if anything, I think there's a counterclaim that needs to be filed against President Biden for fomenting insurrection by opening the border yes. and allowing potential enemies of the United States into the United States of America. If that isn't an insurrection, I don't know what is. And so, uh, if uh, you know, hey, look, it's a double-edged sword. Now, I will tell you that, again, that amendment had to do with, uh, you know, former Confederate officers right, exactly. who reported to serve in Congress, not the state of Colorado and who gets to be on their presidential ballot. So Colorado Supreme Court got it wrong. But, hey, if that's the road we're going to go down, President Biden is doing more to foment insurrection in the United States by chaos at the border than, than anybody has, yeah. ever has in the past. I've made that point several times. You're absolutely right about that. Andrew Bailey, happy new year to you. Thanks for coming on the show as much as you do, and we will talk soon. Hey, Mark, happy new year to you. Thanks for having me on. All the best to you and your listeners. All right, take care. Get more at 971talk.com. Hey, Rob Bradford here. I have set out on a mission with my good friends at FanDuel to prove what I have known for some time. Baseball isn't boring. Now I have a daily podcast to prove it with some of the most notable people in the baseball world screaming baseball isn't boring from the mountaintops or at least agreeing to come on our show. Players, managers, GMs, and yes, even the commissioner of baseball, Rob Manfred. It has been a constant wave of baseball's most powerful voices. So join the revolution. Subscribe and soak in baseball isn't boring. Listen on your Odyssey app or wherever you get your podcast. You'll be glad you did.